some issues to yeah you gotta have some serious issues welcome to church and other revolutionary wars i'm john adams i'm thomas jefferson i'm andrew jackson very good very good and we all did that well uh welcome to earth let's see what else we can do um guess i need to play uh wait hold on hold on where is it where is it i don't even know if it'll re- no it probably wouldn't will it would it record audio only if the sure. mic picks it up probably oh yeah okay then we'll do that then but we'll now that. it's andrew's solo time for god bless america go ahead andrew i don't really feel like that's true i i think you brought up god bless america i don't even really know the words you sang them like yesterday i i i did <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. You ready for this? No, hear that. Morning. This might be the worst idea you've ever had. I can't hear it. (laughs) Hold on. Nobody can hear it. I mean. We heard. All right, here, we go, here we go. Here we go. How about that? Can you hear that? We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the Fourth of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from aliens. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live exist and should we win the day the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday but as the day when the world declared in one voice we will not go quietly into the night we will not vanish without a fight we're going to live on we're going to survive today we celebrate is it bad that i just got goosebumps no i was just gonna say it's oh inspiring. no I, holy shit that's a good the speech. music in the background the fact that humanity is coalescing under one common goal but it's a little it's it's that small hint of that long lost thing called patriotism what you what y'all <laughs> missed like when i giggled was um was uh it cut to it cut to a guy in the crowd and he had those like uh those yellow like target shooting sunglasses on and just the most glorious mullet ever in like a baseball cap because <laughs> nice. it was like i forgot they made the army of like the the rv hicks and the military and they're like we're gonna do yeah da, da, da. <laughs> what a movie yeah back when that's what i'm saying when i when i saw top gun uh, maverick i was like this this movie represents an america that doesn't exist anymore it's such a throwback but people love it and people yeah. love it because it's like yeah this just isn't even like i and i thought it was interesting that they didn't name the enemy country. It's and I, always Russia. It's always, or it's Eastern Bloc for sure. Okay. But I, I think I, I read an interview um, with writer, director, somebody that did something on that movie. Maybe Tom Cruise. We'll say Tom Cruise. And Tom Cruise said that they they did that. And I don't know if it was supposed to be this like poignant of a thing, but he was like, I mean, it's, you know, in this current landscape, the enemy changes so often. So it's like, we, you know, we don't, we didn't want to just stick call, it, call to it out. Yeah. They should have went with a wild card and went like Luxembourg. Right. And then it was like, let's just say they're brown. <laughs> okay. That makes it sound worse. I know. He didn't say that. Yeah. So what do you so Did you so, really think he said that? That would be awful. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna say who, but they're brown and I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of yelling and hooting and a hollering. Uh they're not from Kansas, I'll put it that way. 
So what do you think it is that makes that movie so such a smash hit yet it feels like the media pushes the narrative and i think it's partially true that the culture by and large especially the young kids seem to not only not be patriotic but they seem to hate america <laughs> yeah it's very popular oh, it's it's a generational gap thing yes. I, I i'm having a hard time with it because i'm in the middle kind of like where i see some of their points but i also am like yeah but I mean, you have to care about your country. Otherwise, it will cease to exist at some point, and that will suck. My the bo- country that I've grown up with has been at war, like, pretty much my entire life. Has gone through an attack on sovereign soil. Yep. Has had at least two huge economic meltdowns. And you're telling me mm-hmm. that we are the greatest in the world. Where? Well, this is this is how my friend, my buddy Brent, his shutdown rebuttal. And I think I think he literally started it. He's like, man, all these people talking about like, you know, this country sucks, this or that. He's like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I can pick up my phone, press a button and a pizza and a two liter of Mountain Dew will show up in my door in three minutes. Like <laughs> this country rules. And I was it's like, a strong I, argument, it's <laughs> a strong argument. dude. I was like, yeah, right, you got a point. You got a point. I actually, I actually just had this. I probably shouldn't even bring it up, but I just had this conversation with one of my daughters and she, you know, it was actually a good conversation where it was, it was not yelling and fighting, but it was like, she had said something along the lines of, you know, basically screw America. And like, I pushed back on her a little bit because I'm not all the way there. Like, I think, well, either way, my my thing was is that she seems that generation seems to have a i'm not saying okay it's weird to me that a uh, like somebody who's like let's say in their 20s can say screw america it is kind of like your buddy this is maybe i'm the old codger here but like you can say that but we're all living comfortably we all have jobs you have an education you don't have to worry about dying you literally can do anything you want as a woman your rights are basically the same you know like we arguably we're in the best place ever as far as rights and fairness even though we're at war on a lot of things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yet you can say fuck america yeah and and like and there's there's a problem there somewhere and I'm not saying there aren't things that need to be fixed because clearly there are, but <laughs> some people would say the fact that you can say fuck America means that America means we're is doing good. well, means yeah. we're doing something right. Exactly. And you won't get thrown in a prison. Yes. And I think we've been like, this is my take, obviously, but like we've been fed a narrative where a whole bunch of other countries are apparently doing so much better than us. And I'm not sure it's totally true. It's not like, like they, if they're if you're in that country, those people don't say that, <laughs> you know, they don't feel the same way. Oh, they say screw America. Yeah, they do. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's because we're insane. I'm saying like those people who live in those countries aren't necessarily going. We live in a utopia. Right. I Well, I think no one should expect in a utopia. It's where we've gotten the point where we can see other countries with like. Uh federally run healthcare that's decent not spectacular not maybe as good as privatized healthcare but we can just say well we don't want that we'll spend our money on warfare but it's like well why can't we just take some of that and throw it towards healthcare well i think there's a lot of arguments that privatize or that uh like universal healthcare systems are not all they're cracked up to be like I've talked to a lot of Canadians, for instance, who say it is not very good. Like right, how, you can how go they, and there's right, like it's like a, a there's a months. there's like a month long waiting list and, yeah, and right. yeah, 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 and you yeah. don't get to pick your doctor. And it's cold. Oh, you muted. I did. Oh, it's yeah. the government. Now you're back. It's the government. I think it probably so. is the government. So as I was saying, you Donald Trump. And like, I, I consider myself middle of the road, you know, like, I just like to hear both arguments. Like, I don't like to lean ultra left or ultra right. Yeah, it's, 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 yes, to say, yeah, to, to say something like America's the worst country, like, shut up. Like, it's not, 
That's a dumb statement. It's also not the best. Uh, It's, I mean, the, the middle of the road is to say like, we've got some things we should work out. Namely, like, namely that it's becoming an oligarchy and um, it's just, you know, we're seeing the, the end game results of like capitalism and kind of what that has got us. So did you see the, there was a question posed on ask Reddit. It's, it was regardless of what political stance you take, what is one thing we can do to change our country for the better? I did. The consensus was get money out of government and term limits. Yeah. I saw rank ranked voting was the other big one I saw. Okay, so could you imagine the changes and the like the benefits that would come from just that thing we can agree on? Term limits, term limits, yeah, and no lobbyists, spectacular. Yeah, so so do you think the whole system would change? Totally agree with those two things, but do you think the money? So like, doesn't that feel like? See, I don't know who that satisfies. Like taking the money out of government, because to me, like the left side that wants more things like universal health care and things like that that requires more money into government not less that we're talking about money from lobbyists who like well that's say you're go going yes yes like, donating not, not like donating to campaigns no 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 we're talking about like like insider trading like being even okay. yeah i agree with that completely yes the whole yeah. financial incentive of the like celebrity politicians and these insulated politicians and Yada, yada, yada. It's just, but, and I, and I think, mm, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, dude. I feel like it'll eventually, like, go there. But when it goes there, that would mean that our system has, like, completely collapsed. It's not going to, they're not going to hand it over. Right. So, Jed, you, you're the one here with the most political experience, seeing as how you put out a... Uh, video the last election what how are you gonna go out out accomplishing all this yeah for the pain uh 2024 campaign uh i'm thinking uh everybody gets their own waifu uh everybody um decriminalize specifically um pcp because PCP has gone away and I don't like that. I think get rid of fentanyl, bring back PCP. It uh, seems like the safer of the two, to be honest. It does. PCP <laughs> was, was fine. You know, you get a little super strength for a little bit. Big deal. You fight a few cops. So what? You're invincible okay. to tasers. Cool. You jump Do you off think there should be an, an, a deregulated sporting industry where all the athletes can do whatever drugs they want and we'll just a hundred percent well there needs to be there needs to be a superhuman category of the olympics where you can have cybernetic augmentation if you want you can you can like cut off your legs and install those blade things so you can run faster as many as much hgh go to russia get whatever kind of super soldier serum they got Let's see what people can really do. This is how we make America great again. Yeah. Crazy mutant gladiator battles. I mean, and we could like then take those things and put them into the military. Could you imagine like, Oh, they already are um, uh, like 500, like people with no legs, like with just like those blade things, like running across. That would be scary. They wouldn't be running. They would be blading. They would be blading. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I'm just saying that would be scary. I would I would be scared of that. Yeah, dude. Uh, and I'm sure they have that stuff. <laughs> I'm sure they have. They have to. Dude, all you have to do is watch those Boston Dynamic videos and you're like, oh, they yeah. got some shit. Well, on. more more. I'm thinking about the whole super soldier thing. Like they have to. Because um, that was uh, the Nazis big obsession was creating the perfect mm. drug, mm. the perfect drug that would enhance humans was that um, meth? was that meth no the the, the <laughs> one they use meth though oh yeah they did well yeah. so no the one they it was a combination of oxycodone cocaine and meth which okay. sounds awesome 
Does it? It sounds really <laughs> yes, terrifying. No. We're pro- we probably think differently on this thing. No. Since I, I'm since pretty I, sure if I, I even look at it, my heart will explode. And I'll, no, 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 no. That's Here, what I'm thinking this, too. <laughs> I'm gonna let me let me explain to you how drugs work. If I if I let's see, let me let me figure out what it does. If I gave you like 15, I'm thinking about you, Andrew. If I gave you 15 milligrams, mm. I'm putting this in a syringe, 15 mils of oxycodone, five mils of methamphetamine, and maybe like eight or nine of cocaine, and I injected mm-hmm. you with it. Mm-hmm. You would do everything I want you to do for the rest of your life in order to get more. <laughs> all right. You would love it. You just would. It would just take over. You'd just be like, oh, wow, that so, feels good. Holy all right. shit. All right. So the part Rondo, of me, it's got what plants crave. Absolutely, dude. Like, like I'm, I'm a product of the 80s. Right. So like, <laughs> the, like I had to go through all the dare stuff. So what I think would happen is you would inject me. And like Kenan said, you got muted again by the government. Yep. I don't know why that's happening. I'm not doing anything. Um, Are you saying their their program was ineffective? That's probably why they muted you. I, I just I feel like my heart would explode. Like doesn't doesn't no. that stuff cause like no. no? You so this is the 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 interesting interesting thing about uh, methamphetamine, especially like the that's one of those things you feel like you're gonna have. And so whenever I talk about this stuff, it's assuming purity of product. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 it is really hard to overdose on pure methamphetamine. You feel like, I mean, I know, you know, I know people have shot up three grams, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you feel like you're going to have a heart attack, but like, you're fine. You're, you're, you're going to make it well, uh, cocaine, fun. cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine. You can definitely overdo it. Um, but then things like, like the, the, the factoid that I argue all day long is like pure heroin, like pure diacetylmorphine is pretty safe. I've actually like heard this. Overdoses on heroin by itself. Very rare, rare, right? Pretty rare. I you saw can, that on some show. They said that and I was kind of shocked. Like but. if you did heroin, like if you just did diacetylmorphine for the rest of your life, like the biggest symptom is going to be like bone weakness bone marrow brittle bones um, so how did they deal with that back in the day with pharmaceuticals when they included all that stuff and your you doctor mean, was just like here yeah elixirs yeah yeah how people... was it that they regulated the amount that you get with with i won't say no side effects but mitigating the bad well stuff. back then it's like they just figured out it's and this is it's called polypharmacy which is like basically what that what I did as a drug addict, because I, I, I enjoyed the wide world of chemicals. OK, and so you figure out what you know, it's sort of like uh, Oreos and milk, right? You figure out what. So, oh, you're, you're speeding too much. Let me let me take a benzo like uh, you're, you're too tweaked out from cocaine. Take a Xanax. Then it balances it out. I mean, that's what a speedball is, is heroin and coke or an opiate and you know amphetamine or whatever so you're mitigating the side effects you don't want while getting the benefits of each correct so clearly there's a downside to this though because i mean it didn't really work oh, that yeah, well the, for the, you of course no 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 no, no. of course i'm saying I, when i say when i say if a person did heroin for the rest of their life these would be yeah. the things that's assuming like a person does 80 milligrams a day and does right. not, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the it's problem is tolerance. Though. The problem is tolerance. The problem is uh, eventually that gas tank is empty. You know, you, this is like assuming like all if things you, are perfect. Yeah. Like if you hook someone up to an IV of all their vitamins and minerals and everything and then you also have them on an iv of like this opiate thing it's like in in a in a vacuum it works in real life no that doesn't fucking work because you need more and then yeah and you and then you you know you can miss the mark or whatever genetic predispositions like one person can smoke crack the other person like gets a heart attack the first time they do it or whatever i mean it does heart attack first time it's a thing that's what i'm afraid of you're going to die but no, I, 
I remain unconvinced that I should do these drugs. You're not, you're not, you're not. You're, I think you should need to celebrate your independence by going and finding uh, speed bump. oxycodone, <laughs> meth, and cocaine. No, cocaine sucks. But do they have deals at those tents like buy one, get four free? Uh, I, I had deals when I sold drugs. It's, you know, it would be like 25 a piece or 10 or more, 20 bucks a piece all the way up. Did you, did you ever have holiday deals? Uh, I had like Thanksgiving deals, I think. Is that when like all the college kids come back to town? You're like, okay, I can lower rates a little bit and get no, more customers. Really, really, it really it just depended on like how high I was. <laughs> <laughs> if you caught me on a good day, yeah, <laughs> you made a I, a oh, dude, I would, I would, you know, I was the king of like give stuff for free and then wake up and be like, what have I done? <laughs> you know, and then calling people like, hey, I know I said that was free, but like, give me twenty bucks. <laughs> that was stupid. Yeah, I couldn't, you know, <laughs> monkey monkeys can't sell bananas, man. It did not, it did not work out. It did not work out. Jeez Louise. Um, so how did we get on that subject? It all, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Much, how so I'm going to fix America. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, we were talking about America and now we're talking oh, about this. Dude. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted I wanted to I wanted to share. I got obsessed with um, uh, large scale animal attacks. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is American, so you know the USS Indianapolis. Okay, Navy Everybody's ship. Navy ship. Okay, is this, this was, we're in World War Two. Yes. So okay. the USS Indianapolis. Um, was the ship that carried the enriched uranium to uh for which one dropped on Hiroshima Hiroshima little boy or fat boy anyway whichever one uh the Indianapolis was the first one so that that would have been a little boy I think that was little boy yep so it brought the like so this was a pivotal ship right it brought the uranium to make the bomb that ended the war essentially so on the wide, on the on the ride back, uh, they were going to the Philippines, um, and it was July thirtieth, nineteen forty-five. So this is this is weeks before the war ended, right? Um, a Japanese submarine fired six torpedoes at the Indianapolis. Okay, two of them hit directly, and on that first explosion, three hundred people died. Uh, there were 1,200 crewmen, so the ship sinks, so now there's 900 uh, seamen. <laughs> seamen. Thank you. Thank you. It's true. Waiting. I was Nine, waiting for it. There were 900 seamen floating in the water, okay? So back then, ships, because, uh, you know, you would think, okay, they'll they'll know the ship got sank or whatever, right? So back then, they would have, like, a giant whiteboard like at the ports where they were supposed to go right they would have like a giant whiteboard with different ship names and be like, okay it's tuesday uh the enterprise is supposed to be back at 9 45 but there was essentially like a week grace period because you know shit went wrong back then so mm-hmm. up to a week late wasn't even late and so apparently what happened is uh when the Indianapolis was supposed to check in somebody just straight like took the name off the board and just like put it on a desk so basically nobody I mean there were there were hundreds of ships out at any get maybe thousands back then I'm gonna say hundreds because I don't want to be wrong at there were lots of ships at any given time so you can't how are you gonna expect to keep track of them so basically nobody knew oh and um the so they intercepted the Japanese communication saying we sunk a ship. But what the Japanese would do is they would send out a communication saying, hey, we sunk a ship at 45 degrees north, something, something, something. And when the U.S. would go check it out, they would really sink the ship. Like it, was, it, it, would, it would ambush them, which is really smart. And so uh, they intercepted this communication and they're like, ha, not today. 
suckers and they just ignored it. (laughs) They didn't go. So they didn't believe that a ship got sunk. They didn't count it as missing. They didn't know where it was. So nobody was coming. Okay. That's the point of that. Not a, no one was coming. Nobody knew they were getting rescued. Uh, 900 people are now floating in the water. So the, it was a giant oil slick, like five miles long of just oil in the water. So all these 900 soldiers, tons of them are horribly burned. Sailors, but go ahead. What did I call them? Soldiers. There's a difference. That's true. That's true. Sorry. These oily seamen were covered in salt water, burns, and oil, right? Like awful, awful yeah. situation. Floating, and apparently they they just clustered up. So uh, I think most of the life rafts got destroyed. I think there was a few, and so they, the drift was so far apart that each each um group of sailors kind of banded together but each group kind of thought they were the only survivors because they may be a mile apart right so you just have all these clusters of semen and that actually wasn't supposed to be a joke (laughs) uh so they all think they're the only ones right some of them have life jackets some of them are sharing some of them are on that um like netting floating and then a few of them have life rafts that they kind of lash together and they tighten them uh so that's kind of the situation they find themselves in and uh the the sharks that were there were the white tips and the tiger sharks and i think the the jap the what is the the japanese name for white tips hold on they call them frosted tips, I think. No, it, mean, it means... Um, oh, it, it was something gnarly. Nagano shark. I don't know. Basically, something that means, like, you'll die or something like that. It's <laughs> like white tips are awful, awful <laughs> sharks. Something that strikes the fear. Yes. Uh, oh i don't know i can't find it uh and tiger sharks so those are the two groups of sharks and so all the sharks knew right was that oh here's a buffet of corpses right because you know the 300 corpses that are already there um so hundreds and hundreds of sharks descended upon this 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 area right and so they said that um, uh, initially people would just be swimming and the sharks would come up and just kind of test them, right? Like someone would get nibbled, someone would get like, you know, a little bite here, a little bite there. And so, you know, at first people are like freaking out about it. And then, because what sharks will do is like, you know, they'll bite see if it's alive or dead and if you thrash then they're like okay i'm not messing with you that's difficult but like the men just got so used to it at first they thrashed and then they're like oh they're not going to do anything because they're just nibbling right so they stopped thrashing so then they said like at night that's when you would just hear like you would just hear like scream splash quiet right Hmm. and that that's when people started getting eaten by these sharks um and they said like a a quote from um uh, all we heard was men being eaten alive every day every night right this is a great story jen (laughs) and it it, it, it gets gets me in the independence day spirit oh it it gets worse bro it gets so much worse because it's it's like (laughs) so what you have now is like dehydration and salt water right so they're telling they're you know so there were a few good uh you know when in like disaster situations you result to like rank and file so they're looking to like their commanders 
to tell them how to survive, right? So some groups were way better off than others, right? And so the commanders first off are like, don't throw up. You like dehydration is going to be the biggest enemy we got right now. So, but they're, you know, they've been drinking oil and seawater and they're like, even if you drink seawater, you got to like keep that shit down, right? There were some, uh, there was like a little bit of rain that came. So they got some water. Um, but what happens when you drink seawater is you hallucinate, right? So there was an episode of uh, mass hallucination where a few of the men started becoming convinced that the Indianapolis did not sink, that it was right below their feet and they just needed to swim down to it. So a couple dozen men died swimming down to the ship that wasn't there um the the scariest thing was that another hallucination that started where some men tried to sexually assault other men like in in a like the the quote was like this this man lunged at me basically telling me that he wants to force copulation with me like just just a a bizarre insanity that after like two days uh and they had to fight him off like with knives and so there was this one guy that got an arm bitten off by a shark and he tried to swim over to the group and the group was like no way bro like you're bleeding like get away from us and so they forced him water yeah they forced him away from the group and so he was like 30 yards away and they said they like heard him like yelling and then eventually he just stopped yelling and he got eaten um i have a problem yeah go ahead did anybody survive yes okay because i was well, gonna yeah because that's how, get the stories yeah out. that's, that's well, that, how well that was my question because that's I was how like, we know everybody about dies, it how do we know this no <laughs> so because it sounds like everybody's gonna no 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 no, no 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 so um what were the other big things oh yeah so they're dealing with uh sunburns hallucinations dehydration uh men turning on each other right um the the rafts that they had lashed together they were rubbing against each other too much so they were starting to pop so they had to separate again um and basically you know sharks were just just taking them out every so often um so how how they got rescued, right? Sheer, 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 sheer luck. And this is the stuff like it has to be God in my mind because it's just, this is crazy, right? So, you know, everyone was praying at that point. A hundred percent, bro. Um, so an anti submarine plane was flying a recon and he saw the oil slick. So he was like, oh, our boys killed a sub let me go kill the survivors so he like armed all the missiles flew down and he said his quote was like i saw what looked like coconuts he's like then i noticed the coconuts had arms uh and then he figured out um that those were navy boys survivors so and he also flew down and could see he saw like sharks attacking people like just from the plane right wow so after five days right um oh he initially disobeyed orders not to land in the rough seas when he saw the shark feeding frenzy frenzy so he hauled 49 survivors in the aircraft and seven of them he strapped to the wings okay that's badass isn't that badass dude? that's crazy isn't that badass? And can you imagine like going... the guys on the wings are like, this is way better than what we've been doing. That's what I, I was guess. just going to say. Would it not be terrifying? <laughs> so the, the scary, scary thing was that because of the oil, salt water and um, sunburn, when like the boats came to pick people up, when they would pull people out of the water, their skin, which someone would just slough off. Yeah. And So of the uh, 1,195 crew, 316 were pulled out alive. 
and at least that's at a le- lot more than I would have thought, to be honest. At, at least 150 died through shark attacks. Um, the mm. the the worst part of it was that everybody got rescued, including the captain, or the people got rescued, including the captain, right? And after a couple months, they had an investigation into it, and they're you know like good old USA, we need someone to blame. So they pinned the whole thing on the captain and their whole argument was you should have zigzagged. Okay. So they brought in to the court case, they brought in the Japanese commander of the sub that sunk them. And the commander was like, no fucking way. I shot six torpedoes. Like that ship was going down. I don't care what he did. Like I hit that. Like it wasn't Mm. his fault. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's his fault. And they pinned they pin the whole thing on him, court-martialed him to a rear admiral. He lived out, hit the rest of his life in shame every, every year and every Christmas especially. So the captain wrote 860-something handwritten letters to the families. Uh, and all that did was he doxed himself. So now they had his personal address. And he received hate mail the rest of his life especially on christmas like hey christmas is cool it would be nicer if i had my son you son of a bitch when he had nothing to do with it he finally got exonerated like you know i don't know years like recently you know what i'm saying thanks for that uh terrible story all right you ready for the worst one no No, we should probably just end on that that's great (laughs) Thanks. well I mean, th- this one doesn't happen to americans does that make it better i feel like the doom and gloom coming out of today's podcast literally has nothing to do with canon and that's a really weird thank twist. you thank you yeah. they said they said that some of the survivors couldn't even take baths like the the ptsd the from PTSD that was, was so bad yes yes can Anything you else you want to say that makes it worse Chad? uh probably the fact that <laughs> How many times do you think that has happened and we didn't know about it? Like you were saying, like if there wasn't survivors, probably a lot. You know, there was tons of terrible things. And I don't know if you guys had people in your family that were in World War II, but my grandfather was. He he died a few years back and he was, you know, one of the remaining few, you know, World War II guys. And like, he never talked about it once to me or even like my dad who was his son like until like he was like on his deathbed basically basically told some stories but that's how traumatic it was like yeah my my grandpa told us like one story in particular that they were bunking down in some church and somebody accidentally unhooked a grenade when they were just going down to sleep for the night and so the dude like took the grenade and threw it up and they all hit the deck and they blew out all the stained glass in this church. Wow. I've got a bunch of pictures that are pretty cool that I found after he died, like that were in old things, but like him, him out of airplanes, like with like in formation and stuff. Like oh, it, it's wow. pr- pretty sweet. See my, my family. Uh, so, cause, because my grandfather got met my grandmother in Germany, she's full German and just brought her home like mm-hmm. the standard GI bringing the German bride home. But mm-hmm. so I also, I have family that fought on the U S and then I have family that fought for the Germans. Interestingly hmm. enough, Nazis. Yes. <laughs> well, actually my family was really sad and my family got split when uh, East and West Germany. Uh-huh. And it was like, apparently um, like my German relative was, he was in the Berlin orchestra. So he just got like drafted which is really sad. Uh, like wow. he was a, uh, like a, 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 a stringed instrument. I don't want to get it wrong, but we got to go visit my German relatives and saw all the pictures. It was like a really sad story. Cause when they got split, the, the family got split in two and they were just like super, they, so they got to reunite. And... That stuff's always interesting to me. I'm, pr- I'm primarily German too. That's German, and, and, German and English, but German is probably yeah. the happiest. My grandma got sent to a work camp, like uh, when the Russians um, invaded uh, North, South, East, East, wait, North, yeah, East Germany. Um, 
So she got captured and sent to a work camp when she was like 14. Have any of you guys ever been able to go over there like yeah. for a trip or anything? I've never, I've never, I, it's something I really want to do someday. My yeah. wife's also from Italy, like her family. She's it was amazing there. Yeah. We're hoping. And like, to do that. And like all my, uh, all my German, we, we brought a translator with us. Um, but like all the German relatives that I'd never met, like one of them in particular, like anything I looked at at their house that I thought was cool, they would try to give it to me. And I'd be really? like, uh, like literally if I was just like, Oh wow, that's a pretty whatever. And they'd be like, <laughs> like it's yours. Hey, it's yours. And I was like, I can't. I, okay. It was very interesting. <laughs> no, it was very cool. All right. So now Andrew, we're going to talk about the Ramry Island crocodile attack. The deadliest I've been looking forward to this. You've talked it up. history. Dude, it's crazy. It is crazy. Okay. Where does this one take place? What time period? Uh, this is in the early months of 1945. So also the, a World War II. Yep. Also okay. World War II. Okay. okay. So uh, imagine you're part of a military force outflanked by the enemy on a tropical island. You have to rendezvous with another group of soldiers on the other side of the island. But the only way to do so is to walk through a thick swamp filled with deadly crocodiles. If you don't attempt the crossing, you got to face the enemy troops. If you do attempt it, you face the crocodiles. What <sighs> do you do? So this very situation ha sure. <laughs> happened to the Japanese troops occupying Ramri Island in the Bay of Bengal during World War II in early 1945. Um, da -da 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 -da. At the time, British forces needed an air base in the area of Ramri Island in order to launch more attacks against the Japanese. However, thousands of enemy troops held the island, causing a battle that went on for six weeks. The two sides were stuck in a standoff until the British Royal Marines, along with the 36th Indian Infantry Brigade, outflanked a Japanese position. The maneuver split the enemy group in two and isolated about a thousand Japanese soldiers. Uh, the British then sent word that the smaller isolated Japanese group should surrender. So basically the unit was trapped and had no way to reach the safety of the larger. They got cut off kind of in a circle, right? And they needed to get to the larger battalion. Um, but instead of surrendering, they decided to walk the eight mile journey through a mangrove swamp. What could happen, Chad? What could happen? The mangrove swamp was thick with mud and it was slow going. So basically what happened was uh, the British kind of encircled them. And so they went through instead of around. Um, mm -hmm. The British didn't pursue the fleeing troops closely because the allies knew what awaited the enemy inside this natural death trap. Crocodiles. Saltwater crocodiles are the largest <laughs> reptiles in the world. Typical male specimen reach 17 feet long and 1,000 pounds and can reach 23 feet long and 2,200 pounds. That's, that's a big crocodile. Crocodiles are ratchet, dude. They are scary. And saltwater crocs are super aggressive. Those are the ones you see, like, eating like leopards and gazelles, like they're massive, dude. Um, the Japanese understood that saltwater crocodiles have a reputation for eating humans, but they went into the swamp anyway. So soon after entering the slimy mud hole, Japanese soldiers began to succumb to diseases, dehydration, and starvation. Mosquitoes, spiders, poisonous snakes, and scorpions hid in the forest and picked off troops one by one. Crocodiles appeared when the Japanese got deeper into the swamp. And even worse, saltwater crocodiles are nocturnal and excel at taking prey in the dark. That's the big thing. Everybody in Louisiana, I know alligators and crocodiles are different, but they're kind of similar in that like you're if, if you're in the daytime, you're fine. But like at dusk and at night, that is when it is very sketchy to swim in alligator infested waters. That's when they go for you. Um, several British soldiers said that the crocodiles preyed on the Japanese soldiers in the swamp. The most prominent firsthand retelling of what happened comes from naturalist Bruce Stanley Wright, 
who participated in the Battle of Ramry Island and gave this written account. And this is a quote from him. That night, February 19th, 1945, was the most horrible that any member of the motor launch crews ever experienced. The crocodiles, alerted by the din of warfare and the smell of blood, gathered among the mangroves, lying with their eyes above the water, watchfully alert for their next meal. With the ebb of the tide, the crocodiles moved in on the dead, wounded, and uninjured men who had become mired in the mud. The scattered rifle shots in the pitch-black swamp, punctured by the screams of the wounded men crushed in the jaws of the huge reptiles, and the blurred, worrying sound of spinning crocodiles made a cacophony of hell that has rarely been duplicated on Earth. At dawn, the vultures arrived to clean up what the crocodiles had left. Of the thousand troops who entered the swamp on Ramry Island, only 480 survived. <laughs> the Guinness Book of World Records listed the Ramry Island massacre as the largest crocodile attack in history. Uh, death toll estimates vary. What the British do know for sure is that 20 men came out of the swamp alive and were captured. These Japanese troops told their captors about the crocodiles. Um, so another thing said uh, when... Oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. This was the, this was the craziest thing. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wounded and sick soldiers crossing the swamp were the first to be picked off. The crocs suddenly appeared out of nowhere, dragging their victims underneath the water. Um, oh, yeah. Survivors are said to have heard harrowing stories of hundreds of crocodiles assaulting the soldiers in a mass assault, as well as appalling tales of crocodiles attacking the soldiers individually. That would be crazy if it was just like all at so what once. What if you were one of those soldiers and you're like, I'm not going to get captured or fight the enemy. I'm just going to walk through the swamp to totally get to my friends on the other side. And then you somehow survive and you're still captured. This, listen to this stat. A couple months after the tragedy, a specialized commission military tribunal conducted an investigation on what had happened. It was confirmed that the victims of the crocodile attack were the Japanese soldiers. Every three meters of the swamp, the water contained 24% human blood. <laughs> what? Wow. That's insane. <gasps> right? And terrifying. Could you imagine? How, uh, would, you, how would you not feel like, like, oh, I must have deserved this, or I don't know, because that's just crazy. Would you make dude. a movie out of that, like, and have it actually be released? I don't or would know. They say, well, no, this is way too violent. It'd have to be basically a horror movie. Yeah, I mean, dude. I mean, you couldn't do it as like a historical like war movie. I I don't see how you could do it and just not. I mean, it's a bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, what if? But what if you advertised it as just a historical war movie? And people came into the theater like, oh, okay, let's learn about this. <laughs> to to watch the crocodile attacks. It just goes south. Oh, dude. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, like Unit 771. Or wait, is it 771? The Japanese? 731. I'm not even going to go into that. Have you never heard of that? No. I don't know. Oh, my know God, it. dude. I mean, I know there's the movie U571, but that was a German. No. Yeah, I was uh, say Unit 731 was this covert biological and chemical warfare research unit of the Imperial Japanese Army. And they did that. The stuff they did made the Nazis look like Boy Scouts, like they would do things. Um, they would do uh, ammunition, non-lethal, lethal testing on on real people like prisoners of war. So they would be like, what does a grenade do to a person? What does a vacuum, like what does sucking all the air out of the room do in a person? What happens if I take twins and cut one arm and so cut the left arm of one and sew it to the right arm of the other? Can twins feel pain? If I right. inject bleach, can I change the color of your eye? Like 
Yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, vivisections, like no, like crazy, crazy stuff. And you're talking, you're talking about the doctors in the concentration camps, uh, like, like Mangala. Yes, similar stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was some that was some Mangala stuff. Um, they would do seven thirty one would do disease injections where they would be like, you know, we're gonna give you, we're just gonna watch what this disease does uh not like america ever did that to any racial subgroup well guess guess uh guess who got guess who got unit 731's data are you serious yeah that's what they based it all of it no i'm saying i don't don't know but we got it we got it that's true with a lot of operation paperclip bro we got all that shit well i've heard uh, you would do with that what you will I've heard more than once that most of our, our country is stupid. Circling are, back. Yeah. Like, circling like, back. Like, hang on. Hang on. Well, I mean, are they, I mean, they took the data and well, I mean, I'm saying like, I have heard it said, and I think this is probably true that although a lot of those experiments were obviously horrible and they would have never been okay to do the data that we got from those, like actually caused great medical advancement because they were able to take that data and, and say, okay, well, we know all this stuff now you know, stuff that they would have never done ethically, but they had the data. Yeah. And they're like, let's make pharmaceuticals that are combinations of heroin and cocaine and all yeah. that. We'll just have fun. I mean, they definitely gained a lot of like medical insight from that kind of stuff, even though they obviously the other, Oh God. Another cool thing I was watching last night, um, guys, <laughs> and you will love this is, have you watched the Charles Manson stuff when it comes to the CIA and like MK Ultra? Yeah. Uh-uh. That's, that was super interesting. I, yeah. Well, just there's just a 30 second, like, uh, you know, basic overview is that they there's people who believe that Charles Manson was actually part of the experimentation that when he was in prison prior to those killings, that he was actually being um you know given those things like lsd and different things and being experimented on in the mk ultra stuff and that the whole purpose of that was to turn people violent and kind of use them as robots and so like him and the girls that did the murders all were known to like come in and like get these treatments or something like that you you know who who uh another notable person who was confirmed to have been a MK Ultra test up was Whitey Bulger. You ever see that movie Bla- Black Mass with Johnny Depp? You know, I did. He was he was a gangster. He was a gangster. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and he 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 did that in exchange because they would go to prisons and be like, "Hey, you want two years off your sentence? Take this." Right. Right. And they also they also made that like the kind of weird connection that like Manson was in prison like six times or something prior yeah, to that and they sh- and they let him out fairly easily every time yep <laughs> yep huh. you ever heard of operation midnight climax i have yeah that was where um so i'm they a had christian a- jed <laughs> <laughs> that, they had a motel with two-way mirrors in the room and so the uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy the prostitutes would, right yeah the guy would yeah, sit yeah, in the yeah. room and uh the prostitutes would put lsd in the john's drinks and they would just the guy would just watch them yeah yeah just <laughs> Drug see people with lsd that's america for <laughs> you <laughs> government sponsored baby Woo! all yeah, the stuff is a conspiracy until it's not yeah, all, that, all that the is stuff around the CIA and LSD, that stuff is fact, so interesting. Bro. Proven facts. Mm. Do you, you're, I, I know you know about like the LSD drops and stuff like that, like the orange sunshine drops over like California, like where they dropped them out of a plane. Have you seen that stuff? I know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember like the particular like orange sunshine drops. I know they've done crazy stuff. Yeah. Like the CIA was basically responsible for like, all the LSD in America, from what I understand, or at least there was government agencies that were actually producing it and putting it out into the public. Oh man, I wish they'd do that again. That'd be cool. Who says they aren't? That's a great point. That's a great point. I say they aren't. I think so. That's why, that's why this, (laughs) this country, but, but here, and then back to say it's like, Oh, Oh yeah. The American government is so bad. Like, let's go check in on some of the other governments and like what they do. Seriously, 
go ask, you know, Russians how that's working out. Well, here's the thing. We're able to talk about this on a podcast. In, in, in many countries, if we were to say this on a public podcast, we'd probably be imprisoned. Yeah, we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd I mean, get back to China. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We can, we can have dissenting opinions about our government and not die. Yeah, well, to, to no, we can't. Out. Our government is great, Andrew. Right, Andrew? Andrew, Andrew, who's <laughs> no. taking you? Who's at your door, Andrew? Yeah. Oh, God, leave him be. He's just a child. <laughs> Yeah, happy happy Fourth of July, you guys. You know I'm proud to be an American. Sure, I am. Because at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget the men who died and women. Would you guys- that right? And I'll proudly stand up. Would you think Y'all about not Bi- know that song? What, dude? Would you th- Would you think about Biden falling over on the bike? Oh God, I think he's older than dirt. I shouldn't even bring it up. He's not doing an ultra marathon <laughs> anytime soon. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whose idea was it to let him ride a bike in the first place? <laughs> well, are there like going to be federally mandated training wheels now? That'd Somebody, be hilarious. I, I think Rogan showed, I don't know if it was Rogan or one of them though, that, you know, to give him the benefit of the doubt, because I've actually done this myself. Like he said, he got his foot like actually stuck. Like it had one of those foot clamps on the. Oh, I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I've done it too. I actually fell into a freaking ditch one time trying to pull my foot out. <laughs> well, there you go. So you're just as bad as as Byron. Yeah, yeah. Joe sure. Byron. Bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You see, you see this dog in your living room. Oh, wait, what is it? <laughs> I can't remember any that of them now. So it's so okay. Funny. That is what makes our country great: is all of the TikTok and YouTube videos that come out of random spots in America. Yes, dude. Yeah, America is hilarious, that. dude. All oh, right. Well, man. y'all enjoy your Independence Day, and 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 I we just fought for our right to say whatever we want in the greatest country in the world. That's true. God bless America. Send me an email, drugs at gmail.com, patreon.com slash churchandotherdrugs, and storefrontier.com slash churchandotherdrugs.